the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. That's the trick. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. We should always have more calls than we do, and we don't have a lot of calls. We used to. I think that was the golden age of radio when people wanted to call the shoe. Now they want to text or email me. Uh, If you want to email me uh, to answer your question on the air, type in on air. Um, and I will do the best I can to do that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Or drop me an email, rob at roblackshow.com. That's rob at roblackshow.com. Um, <clears throat> lots going on. Markets are moving higher. Anytime there's a bit of a sell-off, it's met with a little bit more of a buy. We are slowly but surely inching forward, coming, pulling back, inching a little further forward. Uh, but again, it is happening. We are having a pretty nice, pretty decent year. Um, out of the gate this morning, there was Steve Mnuchin, our Treasury Secretary, said tax reform is Trump's top priority now, assuring that the administration will pass a tax overhaul, and it may get dated back to January one. 2017. So you may be overpaying taxes and get a big tax refund uh, come April. That's ifs, ifs and buts for candy nuts. So what a party we'd have. So Mnuchin heads to Capitol Hill to discuss tax policy with the congressional leaders, the latest in a series of meetings. Uh, he insists the tax overhaul would happen this year. We're going to get this done by the end of the year. Um, Thursday, he is meeting with the Senate Finance Committee, and he's going to hold a hearing on individual tax reform. Tax reform is one of the key planks of the agenda he pitched as a candidate. Uh, Mr. Trump has promised to plan to chop personal income taxes, slash corporate and pass-through company rates, and have a one-time repatriation tax to encourage companies to bring cash back that's parked overseas. Um, Apple's got $250-plus billion, a lot of it's overseas. What would that mean if it came back to the United States? It would mean a big, fat, one-time dividend for shareholders, maybe a new building or two. Um, maybe a new factory or two, but would it be enough to really stand out as uh, let Uncle Sam forego 30% in taxes to get maybe 15% in taxes? It's a big question. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Again, you want to talk about what we can talk about. Hurricane Irma might have been downgraded to a Tropical Depression yesterday, making me wax poetic and miss the days when Irma was a Cat 5 hurricane. Her hurricane-forced winds were felt yesterday by Wall Street short sellers in the sense that 
Irma didn't bring down Wall Street. It didn't bring down Florida. It didn't bring down the insurance companies. It's a little bit of a relief trade of golden warmth. Uh, yesterday, the Bay Area was hit with a thunder lightning storm in the evening that was kind of nice because it was 90 degrees and it was a thunder We don't have a lot of those here. I'm not sure. I don't know weather. Don't ask me, but uh, we got hit with a thunder winter uh, rainstorm and it was wonderful because it was warm. Uh, Wall Street got hit with the same kind of thing yesterday. It was lovely. So we got the UN Security Council voting unanimously to oppose stronger sanctions on North Korea to cap their oil imports and block their textile exports. Uh, you pretend to want to blow up the world. We will take things away from you. There are press reports suggesting the debt limit may not be reached now until 2018, which creates some possible calendar-based cushion overt paralyzing budget negotiation at the end of the year. That's positive. Trump administration is moving ahead with tax reform efforts, like I mentioned with Steve Mnuchin, crafting a plan to solve the public. Hurricane recovery efforts could be a trigger for stronger economic growth in the coming quarters. Today is Apple Day, uh, basically at, uh, what is it, 10 Pacific time? Yes. Apple's going to kick off an event where we're going to see a new iPhone 8, a new Apple Watch, 4K Apple TV, and pajamas, probably. I know you're saying pajamas. Yes. It's going to be a new Apple pajamas. And the, the big surprise is going to be an Apple coffin, which actually doubles as a coffee table. So when you die, you could be preserved in a coffin, still have Internet connectivity, but your family can gather around for some chips and queso um, on your glass encased all the way to the edge of this glass encased uh, coffin. So it's kind of, it's an infinity coffin, so they could see every inch of the coffin and you as you're resting in peace, happy that Steve Jobs got one last uh, $10,000 check from you to be buried in the ground. Apple's up 39% year to date. Woohoo! I'm rich. The S&P 500 information tech sector up 25.7%. Whoa. As go one, so goes the other. Um, so I don't really care about the Apple event today because everything's kind of known. What I care about is how does the stock trade afterwards? Is it roll out the barrels? We'll have a barrel of fun. Or is it, oh, we kind of saw that coming and let's sell off. So this is, this could be the pinnacle of Apple's stock for years to come. In large part, the Apple 10, do not call me the Apple X. If you call me the Apple X, you are faux. Right. You are folks. You call it the Apple 10. Just work with me on that. That's the truth. That's the fact, Jack. That's, uh, I don't know if you remember Apple OS 10, it was called. It wasn't called Apple OS X. So Monday's charge on the market appears to exhibit some relative strength early on. Uh, we got the jobs openings report for July. I know you're saying, oh, tell me more, Mr. Black. Tell me all about the job openings report. Don't make fun of me. It's the Dolts report. It's closely watched by the lady. The lady. Jenna Yellen. Um, came in at 6.17 million. Expectations were for 6.16 million. So there's plenty of jobs out there. Uh, will you go and fill the position? Please. 
Uh, McDonald's regained some of the morning, uh, regained some of their losses from the morning. So it opened weaker and it went bigger. Some morning weakness was attributed to cautious comments out of a research house. So we got that going for us. Or that going against us on McDonald's. Uh, big corporate event today. Uh, big trade show time of the year. So your kids have been back in school for one, two, maybe three weeks. And it's time, honestly, it's time for you to get away from the kids and go on a trade show. Elsewhere out there, TrendForce is estimating total worldwide iPhone production volume for 2017 is going to increase by 5.6% to 227 million units. Um, one thing that Apple has to do and they have to do well is when they roll out a new operating system, they're rolling it out to 227 million people, roughly, of new phones. And then there's an established installed base. So they've got 400 million plus people out there that want it to work correctly. Comcast and Google announced the nationwide launch of YouTube on Xfinity X1. YouTube's online videos will be featured throughout the Xfinity On Demand menu and available in the YouTube app, providing easy access to trending videos and complementing existing movie, show, music, news, and celebrity content screens on X1. Uh, yeah, they've already got that going with Netflix. Easiest way to watch Netflix is, oddly enough, on cable. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Find me on robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. I do this show really, really honestly dedicated to getting you to retirement. And at times I don't feel bad for you when you don't get to retirement. I know you're saying you're cruel. You've got money and I don't. Well, also I choose not to go to a lot of things that I could. Um, a friend of mine went to a, a wear white, all white um, rave. And I'm like, how much was that? And everyone's wearing white. And it's like, oh, aren't we cool? And aren't we young? We're all wearing white. <laughs> I've got black thoughts. And you're just like, oh, oh, $100. Americans spend $56 billion a year on sporting events. Sports lovers coughed up $33 billion for athletic equipment and $19 billion for gym memberships over the past years. The average cost of a family of four going to an NFL game is more than $500. In the Bay Area, it's going to be more like $1,000, $1,500. Older adults and lower income Americans are less likely to go to sporting events. Um, I'm not saying that I think older adults are smarter, because I don't. Uh, them and their Prop 13, oh, why I ought to, to the moon. But it's expensive going to a sporting event. And 34% of Americans go to a sporting event. Sporting event. 29% buy athletic equipment. 23% have gym membership fees. Even though, in theory, you could run on the road or go to a track and work out there. Uh, with stairs, um, sports themed video games, 12% of Americans have. Uh, fantasy sport leagues, 4% of Americans spend $2.3 billion on fantasy sports. Anyhow, and anyway, this is why you're not going to get to retirement. Now, talking about retirement, let's bring in CFP, Chad Burton. Mr. Burton. Joining me now, CFP, Chad Burton with NewFocusFinancial.com. That's NewFocusFinancial.com. Chad specializes in retirement issues, financial planning issues. Um, these are issues that are kind of intense, expense planning for retirement income. What's the best way to go out trying to figure out 
cash flow projections and taxes and insurance and inflation, all things that are almost like dirty words mm-hmm. to people who want to live and just in the moment and not necessarily think about these big issues coming down the road. Yeah, I mean, well, there's a whole webinar on the website, New Focus Financial, that you can watch from your own home and... I go through the cost of retirement, all, this, all the ways that you have to calculate. I mean, first, the first thing is, it's not rocket science. It's called sitting down with a spreadsheet and tracking your expenses for a while to get a clear idea of what you spend on utilities and all the things to keep the lights on. But then focusing on what you want retirement to be like, what's going to get you out of bed, okay. keep you motivated, what your routine is, the gym, the golf course, tennis, whatever it is, and find out what all those costs are. Realize that your travel costs are probably going to increase. Realize that you might be helping kids and grandkids more and putting that all into play and then saying, okay, here's my income need. Here's my accounts that I own, my IRAs that haven't been taxed, my low-cost basis stock, my high-cost basis stock. What's your individual taxes? I mean, it takes some hard work to really dial it down to make sure the final, you know, what you, do you really have enough to retire? In your 20s and 30s, you're saving 10 to 15% of pay, knowing that you'll probably be okay if you do that. But before you pull the trigger and retire, you got to know, am I really on track? Now, we got on the website, there's also the how long will it last PDF that you can download. Okay. That shows you, it says, okay, it's, it assumes that every year you draw more, 3% more for inflation. And you can clearly look and say, if I'm earning 6% on my money and I'm pulling out 6% a year, it'll tell you how long your money's going to last. And so you can at least get a basic idea once you've sat down and done your expenses and your tax calculations and your healthcare costs. I really don't think most people, and I'll give you an example in my life. Um, I don't think most people have the ability to do that, Chad. Um, family member. Or in, the time. Or the time. Or the getting it close. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a family member who just inherited some money. New car's already been bought for $60,000. Yep. Um, on top of that, new new Mac for a 70-year-old-plus woman who probably doesn't need all the computing power of a new Mac. Um, and yet some of these expenditures are starting to add up fast. Right. right. So um, what do we need to know when we do inherit some chunk of change? What's or just have any kind of a windfall. Windfall? Um, don't do anything for a long period of time because it can take some counseling. Some people, Rob, have a mental block and feel like they should be broke no matter what their situation is. Uh, you know, I, when I was really, That's really young in the business, I, I had a... I had a neighbor that got $700,000 from a Fenfen case. and Fenfen, the medication, yeah, the diet yeah. medication that caused heart problems. You know, and I tried to get, him, get her to invest over and over, and all of a sudden, new cars. Kids had new cars. The house oh. was being remodeled. They bought another house. She let her son move in rent-free to this house. He's having parties, destroying it. And sure enough, ran into one of the daughters, you know, about 15 years later, and mom's broke. $700,000 gone because some people have this mental thought that they don't deserve it or they shouldn't have it and they make really quick decisions they feel like anxious there's there's nothing that you should be investing in that that's going to go away right now anybody that's giving you that fire sale kind of a notion that you have to do something right now don't work with them when you look at a bucket list um, I do something kind of similar with a Christmas list every year mm-hmm. I come up with a list of 10 people that I love and care about and that I want to get gifts for and then I cross Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten off the list. <laughs> so, and I only get gifts for the top three people. Yep. And that's my way of keeping in with my budget um, and not get, because Chad, you don't care. You just buy bunt cakes for everybody, right? You and me, or <laughs> the two of us know each other well, and you don't care if I get you a gift. You just want me to have a beer with you on occasion and, yeah. and say, good job. 
So we yeah. we basically, I'm saying we over gift. It is. I mean, we're kind of at the point where people feel like they're supposed to do it, and if they don't, something wrong with you. I don't. I, I, it could all go away, and I'd be fine with it. And that goes back to the bucket list. I think you should have a bucket list of things you want to do, but I think you should keep the cost down as well, and not yeah. just you know go wild. Seniors gone wild. What do you think? <laughs> you think Joe Francis is quaking in his boots? Let's do that. I'm sure there's already something like that on the internet. There always is. You know, the worst thing I ever saw that just told me the decay in society was bum fights. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. There's almost nothing worse than that. There's a whole movie based on that, too. Like, bum with a shotgun? No. Yeah. <laughs> bum with a shotgun or something get, like that. I don't get to the movie theaters that you get to. It wasn't a movie. It was like a one of those days where I don't watch that much TV, and I was flipping through it, and bum with a shotgun was on, and it was the whole thing started off because of the filming a bum trying to do it's just horrible that guy should be in jail nice it's cfp chad burton. that spot went downhill real quick didn't it? <laughs> it's okay cfp chad burton talking retirement issues these are all issues and i think that was a real segment with real content um you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com that's newfocusfinancial.com he alluded to some good downloads of that site so check it out newfocusfinancial.com enjoy your big fat chickens now because morgan spurlock is making a super size me part deal and in part two, he's going to take on chicken and the whole chicken industry. And if you study chickens or you just see history of chickens, they've gotten huge. And basically, he's taking a shot at Tyson, Purdue, Pilgrims, and Coke Foods. And you should take a look at their stocks because there could be some backlash against them. That's all I'm going to say. And again, I'm not political. Eat chicken if you want to eat chicken. Eat meat if you want to eat meat. Two ways you can save the planet. Stop eating chicken. Stop eating meat. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Today is the big day where Apple unreleases or releases their new phone, the iPhone 10. They're also going to jump from the 7 and the 7 Plus. They're going to skip the S generation, go straight to the 8. Uh, the first iPhone was released 10 years ago, and it distracted us. It gave us Uber. It made selfies a thing. When we first heard about selfies, we all laughed. And when we first heard about Siri, we kind of giggled. Uh, when we were starting to learn about apps replacing web pages. Uh, it made us turn our heads, Uber, Tinder, uh, photos, maps, uh, PDA, personal digital assistants like Palm Pilots went bye-bye, uh, all because of it. And it, of course, being the iPhone turning 10 today. Uh, do not say iPhone X, say iPhone 10. Uh, that's the cool way of doing it. Speaking of cool ways of doing it, let's bring on our one the only, Patrick O'Hare, to talk a little cool things going on in the market any nice memories of the iphone in your life mr o'hare uh well sure i guess the the day that i got one <laughs> so it uh, certainly has uh, been revolutionary in many ways and uh and it's uh you know a constant reminder of you know apple's innovative style uh and uh that it continues to create some must-own products What's interesting to me is the analyst on it, and I, can't, I, I scratch my head on this one. This morning, Morgan Stanley, according to briefing.com, at 8.41, you published, not you, but the company published a, a little note on Morgan Stanley, raising their bull case thesis to $253 a share on Apple ahead of the iPhone event. 
currently they're calling it an overweight stock with a 182 price target. It's currently about 161. But one of the nice things I like about Morgan Stanley is they say, here's the best case scenario, 253. Um, but here's our target, 182. What do you think about, you know, you're not speaking for Morgan Stanley. But what do you think about analysts having that wide road to drive through and some of your readers possibly seeing something like that and all they see is 253? And they kind of zero in on that. And the Right. Well, you know, I going. think everyone needs to appreciate that, you know, these things are moving targets. Um, and uh, you just don't know what type of demand you're going to get ultimately in the end that's going to help drive earnings estimates. And if you get greater than expected demand that pushes up earnings estimates, you should get, you know, a higher price on that on that particular stock. But uh, so, you know, I don't have a problem really necessarily with a kind of like that wide ranging estimate, um, because um, when you consider just how massive the install base is, and as well as the, the supply chain effect and the halo effect of Apple products, <clears throat> um, you know, it's not an easy task to pinpoint, you know, a specific earnings estimate for a company uh, that's, you know, $800 billion market cap. So that's understandable. Uh, and I think it's, you know, I guess it may be even an offshoot of a little bit of the, uh, you know, the operating income guidance you get out of a company like Amazon, you know, on a quarterly basis, which is certainly, you know, you can drive several Mack trucks through its guidance range. And the market certainly hasn't uh, been too bothered by that, uh, by that factor. So, uh, I think it's just a, a state of uh, of the environment right now. It's interesting because it, when I refer to it, it, I'm not talking about the Stephen King film. I'm talking about the Apple iPhone. It also gave us Tinder, which, as a father, I know you have a, a daughter. That must scare, frighten the heck out of you because the the societal stories that we hear of, like some of the way technology has disrupted your children's life versus our lives versus our parents who can't use mouse. Um, it's a fun time to live, and it's one of the positives on investing. And a lot of times we get caught up on Trump and nuclear bombs and Russia and all the horrible events out there. But technology is a powerful disruptor, and it's been a, a good reason to invest in the last 20 years. Well, I mean, there's no doubt about that, you know, and I suppose that uh, we could get into any number of editorials about uh, some of the the downsides of, of technology as it relates to a smartphone and, and just the ease with which children can access any type of information they want uh, in most in many cases without, you know, those filters being applied. Um, and, and it certainly, you know, becomes a limiting factor socially because you see uh, kids these days that are more inclined to to text to someone sitting next to him rather than actually turning around and having a conversation with him. But uh, I guess that's a whole other topic for another segment, perhaps. But uh, but it's been a very investable thesis, though, uh, when you can, given the uh, the productivity enhancements that's been driven by uh, technology and the innovations we see there. And uh, and you're certainly seeing a lot of companies that have benefited from that, uh, you know, from that technology uh, revolution, really. What's interesting is that I can get caught up in talking about this all day long, but I do want to talk about the markets because they're just as exciting today. I believe some markets hit all-time highs around the world yesterday because Hurricane Irma wasn't worse than feared. Um, and I, I, I described it this morning as we're slowly moving higher. And some days it feels like one and a half steps forward, step back, but we're slowly having record year after year. You know, record market after market after market on a month by month basis. Uh, what do you make of this current slow boil market that uh, seems to be pushing us higher? 
Well, you know, you're right. I mean, even just uh, looking at a chart of the S P 500, you kind of see that sort of, you know, steady progress, you know, a few little kinks here and there. But ultimately, it's been a, you know, a rising trend here for the market. And, uh, you know, the one thing I look at uh, in particular when you take that market performance into account is really just the uh, the persistence of low interest rates, which have helped basically provide the, um, the rationale uh, to continue to buy on every dip and to continue to embrace this narrative that there is no other alternative but stocks right now. Uh, and so with interest rates remaining low and earnings growth you know, persisting here, it's a good fundamental backdrop, especially when you throw in the fact that you know, the U.S. economy is, is, seems to be uh, gaining a little steam here. Um, and so it's a, it's, a, it's a good backdrop. Uh, and that's before we even talk about any actual tax reform having, you know, coming to fruition. So I think the market is is liking that from a foundational aspect, and that's why it continues to inch higher. Uh, but it's mindful that the run that it's had has certainly pushed things um, uh, to a premium as it relates to the market valuation uh, in a historical context, which is why it's really, I think, integral for the low interest rates to continue here. But if those you know, pop up, for you know whatever reason, say I think you know three percent really is more like the bogey on the ten-year yield. Um, then it might be a little more disruptive for the stock market. But until then, I think a lot of people are are just uh, enjoying the fact that you've got earnings growth, low interest rates, low inflation, uh, strong labor market activity, uh, and an economy that seems to be picking up here before you get any any type of imp- uh, uh, stimulus on the fiscal side of things. Speaking of the fiscal stimulus, uh, you've mentioned it briefly, but Steve Mnuchin this morning talked about backdating tax reform to the beginning of this year. That would be really positive for the economy. On one hand, we'd all be getting big fat paychecks or uh, come April 15th, our own money back. But on the other hand, it's that, that treasury debt ceiling in the United States. I can't say that I'm worried about it because I no longer care. I'll long be dead before America gets into the problem of paying back our debt. But you're a little bit wiser than me. Any thoughts on our, our bigger debt in the future versus the, hey, let's get a tax break now? <laughs> and maybe, well, and maybe yeah, we just you stay know, with the Steve Mnuchin. Right. Well, you know, I mean, there, there's always a price to pay because, you know, you can sort of, uh, again, rationalize uh, driving up the debt these days because you have low interest rates. Uh, and But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that if you keep, you know, compounding the debt, and you get a you know much higher interest rates down the road, you know it's going to limit uh, the money that's available to pay for other essential government services, and it'll eventually become a deterrent for growth, a retardant on growth, really, uh, at some point here. And and that's not even factoring in. I think you and I have talked about this past segments, really. You know, also the issues of you know pension funding shortfalls in a number of you know municipalities around the, around the country. So there are some bigger fish to fry there. But right now. Um, you know, the market just continues to look past that type of situation. Twenty trillion dollars in debt and growing, and I just—it's—it's it's odd to me that I'm like, eh, no big deal. Let let my kids' kids deal with it, kind of thing. Um, even though that, that may not be how it plays out, it's—it could just be a new issue of more debt or lower debt or stranger debt or forgiven debt or write-off debt or go to war. Who knows? Um, but let's move back to your world in the world of briefing.com and what you do for a living. You write the article that starts my day um, at uh, briefing.com, but you also work on a bigger piece that's tied towards the bigger picture at the end of the week. 
anything that you're working on right now that uh, should be digestible and uh, entertained by your readers right now? Yeah, well, what will be digestible by the end of the week is a uh, updated market view here, uh, which we provide on a you know quarterly basis. Um, so that's what I'm working on this week, uh, and probably see a lot of references to much of what we discussed uh, today. Um, but it will revolve around the matter of valuation, interest rates, earnings uh, growth, uh, and uh, and obviously you know what happens with with monetary and fiscal policy. So those factors will all you know, come together uh, in one way, shape, form, or another, and uh, it's going to influence the behavior of the, of the capital markets here as we continue to press ahead, and um, and so that will uh, that will be appearing uh, on Friday on, uh, on briefing.com. Yeah, your last one where you pulled up a chart of the 10-year treasury yield, it just, when I see things like that, I remember, I'm like, whoa, that's good stuff, because I always invest when interest rates are low, 10-year treasury particularly. But thank you so much. It's Patrick O'Hare, uh, writer of The Big Picture and Page One for Briefing.com. It's a resource that I use on a daily basis, starting with this page one. You can find out more at Briefing.com. It's a great source of international and national investment news. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Do you remember the first time you ever heard Siri and you were in love with a robot? Okay, maybe that didn't happen, but you do probably remember the first time you heard Siri on some way, shape, or form. Um, just throwing it out there. So, big stories out there today. Comcast customers can now watch YouTube on X1 platform. Uh, that's cute. Uh, Comcast is trying to stay relevant. They know a lot of people have a big TV in their living room with a cable connection tied towards it. People have been cutting the cable connection at record numbers. A uh, little bit of a problem. Um, Comcast customers can now watch YouTube and Netflix on cable. You kind of get where that's going. The Golden State Warriors are in the news today. They have added a small patch to their jersey for $60 million dollars the latest NBA team to announce the addition of an ad patch. It's the Japanese tech holding company, Rakuten. They purchased the ad space in the front of the Warriors jersey with a three-year, $60 million deal. Holy shnikes. Lawmakers are considering making a mistake. Go figure, right? Storm victims could tap into their 401k to allow them to withdraw money from their retirement accounts to rebuild their homes and lives without incurring penalties, thus becoming more dependent on lawmakers in the future to bail them out with giveouts in retirement. Hit your piggy bank up today. We'll figure it out later for you. Uh, horrible, horrible idea. Isn't that right, Mr. Barkley? I don't like where this is going. Oh, come on, Mr. Barkley. That's terrible. You... Oh, it's terrible, not horrible. That's what terrible. Again? Terrible. I forgot. So, is there any chance you can give me a word that rhymes with marable? That's terrible. There you go. Thank you. Um, sports lovers coughed up $33 billion for athletic equipment, $19 billion for gym memberships, $56 billion on sporting events. Uh, that worries me. So that worries me. What costs for a season ticket to a hockey or basketball? Well, come on. Well, basketball, you'd end up doing well. You buy tickets to the Golden State Warriors and you resell those puppies and you go to like three or four games and you bank tons of money. But, um... A lot of Americans spend money on things. And the woman who cuts my hair, for instance, she's like, I go to one 49ers game a year. I'm like, 
you are going to retire very poor. Because once you lose, once you get arthritis in those fingers and can't cut hair, you are in trouble. Uh, Donald Trump refers to Yellen as talented. Talented Yellen is still in the running to remain Fed chair. So says Steve Mnuchin. Um, job openings increased slightly in July to 6.17 million people. That's in the news today. The iPhone. I want to do a quick wax poetic on it. The first iPhone came out. It was 499 bucks um, on contract. 599 dollars. 499 and 599. So it was not uh, small. It was well. It was not light. It was quite heavy. Um, storage had room for four gigs and eight gigs. Um, a couple of years later, they came up with a 16 gig version. The rear camera had two megapixels camera. It had no front-facing cap- uh, camera. It had no video capture. It had no GPS. It had no near-field communications. Um, its CPU was 412 megahertz, uh, tiny. The RAM was less than a gig. It was 128 megabytes. So um, just throwing that out there. Things have changed mightily. So... When the first iPhone came out in 2007, smartphones have essentially looked like, you know, uh, they now look like glass and metal slabs for years, so it's easy to forget the original phone and what it looked like. 2007 was the year the BlackBerry Curve debuted to rave reviews, and Nokia had the N95, which had dual sliding uh, panels. The iPhone was nothing like them. It was a touch screen that you can touch. It had a rounded aluminum body, a plastic butt, and very few actual buttons to speak of. I think it was the actual buttons lacking that was kind of the cool thing. So it was a well-built smartphone that jumped ahead quickly of BlackBerry and Nokia, to the point that Nokia is not even relevant anymore. Um, But it really wasn't the hardware, it was the software that made the difference. Um, It's early you know, browser, which was tied towards a web kit, so developers could develop for it. Um, It wasn't perfect. You know, it couldn't connect to most corporate email systems. Um, the servers just really wouldn't connect, which means business users got burned. And for a couple of years, people stayed with BlackBerry phones because their Apple phone couldn't connect to their their corporate office. And then people started jailbreaking the phones um, because the iPhone couldn't send rich MMS messages either. So sending pictures to friends only ever worked through email or through like I said, jailbroken phones. And in 2008, we started getting better, the iPhone 3G. Um, nine months after the first iPhone went on sale, Apple released you know, the software development kit for the 3G. And a Silicon Valley venture capital firm announced a $100 million fund to help spur iPhone software development. And suddenly money was being thrown at this left and right. And the 3G ditched the mostly original aluminum chassis in favor of glossy polycarbonate. And the 3G was available in black and white, and both versions could be had for 8 gig or 16 gig. So they started rocking up the storage. Uh, the cost started rocking up as well. Every three years, it's like Apple throws a higher price tag on their phones just because they can. And this cycle is expected the same thing. Um, the iPhone 3GS, the S people thought stood for speed. Um, you know, it didn't feel like performance. That was rocketing, but it was an improvement in hindsight. Not much, but it was. Uh, there was also a, it went from a two megapixel camera to a three megapixel camera with autofocus that could finally shoot video and uh, compass software editions like VoiceOver um, helped make the iPhone a more suitable device for the visually impaired. 
So pretty fascinating stuff to look back 10, 9, 8 years. We forget. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.